Hello and welcome to Talking Tyranids with Chris and Mark. I'm Chris and joining me as always is my co-host Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic as always. Superb. So we are excited, so excited that we are giving you a bonus episode um, because as we record this, it was only yesterday that our last episode dropped. Um, but there are so many so many leaks, uh, things up on the Warhammer community website, which are obviously therefore 100% legit. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, basically, about the uh, new and upcoming codex. And so we just wanted to get together and, and, and have a chat about it. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I, I feel we need to jump straight in, if that's okay with you, Mark. No, absolutely, absolutely. We are like two kids on Christmas <laughs> Eve. We are just giggling and waiting for it to drop. Exactly. So uh, let me start. Now I've got a bit of a special treat for us here. So um, we have the, the the first proper leaked rule rules. Uh, I feel are the reveal of the parasite of more tricks. Um, <laughs> now I don't know if they wanted to release this quite so soon. Uh, but um, there was there was quite a famous uh, famous there was, there was quite a well covered uh, bungling uh, by a Games Workshop or possible bungling where they had included a picture of a group of Tyranids which included a brand new flying yeah. creature that could be seen front and center very visible and so everybody screenshotted it straight away and yeah. was like this will be the new model that they leaked and it's almost certainly the parasite of Mortrex. Um We now sort of. No, and then they took that off the community webs uh, webpage, and then like later the same day, they released the rules for the parasite. So could be a bit of savvy marketing, could yeah. be a bit of a gaff. Um, could be that they just released it a few hours earlier than they intended to. Doesn't matter, because it's here now um, for us to discuss. So um, talking briefly through the stat line, then. Uh, so parasite, it's. Um, Quite quick moving at 16 inches. I got very good weapon skill at 2 plus. Uh, passable ballistic skill of 3 plus, although we haven't had it confirmed yet that it has any shooting profile uh, weapons. Uh, strength and toughness 5, which is fairly average um, for yeah. a sort of a character that is not explicitly a monster, um, which the parasite never was. It was always just kind of a big floating bug. Uh, 6 wounds is, is pretty decent. 6 attacks is very good. Uh, and a save of 4+, plus, which is a bit ho-hum. Um, but the Parasite, like many of our things, I think is going to be a bit of a glass uh, glass hammer or a glass cannon where he's going to either pop in, do something very useful, and then probably get shot to pieces. Um, <laughs> uh, or potentially, um, yeah, potentially not even make it there. But he is presumably a character, given that he has a name. And being six wounds means that he's protected by Lookout Sir. Mm -hmm. so you can float him up with say some gargoyles mm -hmm. and then let him just sort of pop out do his thing and move on um as for his thing um <laughs> i'm going to as <clears throat> as succinctly as i can explain the rule um now as i think we we alluded to last time back in fifth edition when the parasite was last in in the game and had rules uh they were pretty complicated uh, but the long and the short of it was you killed things and they could then be replaced by rippers. Um, and so we've got a similar deal here. He's got a one-shot weapon called the barbed overpost... No, overpost... 
ovipositor ovipositor <laughs> what do you think um, <laughs> the, if the, 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 the spiky thing <laughs> uh, ovi probably comes from ovum so let's say ovi and then positor to deposit let's say that uh, if I could discuss some etymology with you quickly. So, um, it's not uh, the hell. Oh, that kind of podcast. <laughs> okay. Get our so, thinking hats on. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, basically, this would be not allowing for any buffs, because obviously we don't know what buffs what as regards the new codex. We don't know the strats. We don't know everything else. Uh, but baseline is going to give you a strength, one strength six, AP minus one, damage one attack. And if that attack manages to cause uh, an unsaved wound, um, and this is, I believe, in addition to your normal attacks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you manage to cause an unsaved wound, you will cause another mortal wound, which is always nice. Uh, and then you have successfully infected the opposing unit. Um, and then until the start of their uh, their command phase... <laughs> <laughs> they stay infected and then basically it's a roll and if it's uh four plus i think they become uh i'm not sure but <laughs> of them basically it's either a four plus or under a four plus uh they stay infected and then otherwise they lose the infection if they stay infected they take d3 mortals and they don't have objective secured which is i think the bigger part of the rule to be honest uh and if they <laughs> lose the infection then all is forgiven so um to me this seems like it's got a very specific purpose and that always makes me happy with the tyranids because that's the lore isn't it we are a hyper adapted race and we see something that needs doing and we create something that does that thing yeah Uh, and from a gameplay perspective that thing is we are a horde army that likes to bully you off of objectives and we do it quick and early in the early game so that you can't come back in the late game is part of the goal as one of the tactics anyway um and this basically helps us with that because let's say your opponent is also trying to play that game with maybe some orcs maybe some guardsmen uh maybe a whole mess of chaos cultists uh just sat obnoxiously on a big home field objective hard to shift all with objective secures we sort of fly along our um, our parasite with our gargoyles, who, from the looks of it, will have obsec, uh, and basically <laughs> pop in, infect, leave the gargoyles there, and now we've got their home field objective, um, which is a massive, massive boost, particularly if uh, if you're playing some of the new GT rules, um, because they have these sort of new primaries where often if you take your opponent's home field adva- uh, home, he- home field objective mm-hmm. you get more are points. yeah you're getting more points and sometimes you're robbing them of generating command points and stuff like that so um it could be that could be a fairly big swing in your favor um so for me <clears throat> how uh useful the parasite is is going to be kind of down to his points cost um because obviously if this is massively expensive you might be looking at it and thinking i don't know a few mortals here and there and six attacks you know how much is he going to kill points wise is he going to you know is he going to make is he going to make some hay because obviously it's a bit of a coin toss as to whether or not things stay infected Mm. um but i can foresee very enjoyable games especially against marines 
where you're just like pop infected now over here infected now over here infected <clears throat> and then yeah. those units just sit there hemorrhaging wounds and yeah uh and of course generating ripper swarms which is uh which is his other thing yeah now that's the cool part of the rules <laughs> it, is the, it is the very cool part of the rules i like i like that and again that feeds into the this new unit is going to pop up and then potentially take that objective um if not it's certainly going to chew through the kinds of things you're going to be targeting you know in an uh, I, I think against certain armies uh, and this is going to be the kind of drawback against certain armies the parasite will be almost useless i'd say um against knights <laughs> he's not gonna be able to do anything against custodies uh i think i ran the maths the other day and i think it's got something like a 20 percent chance of infecting them or possibly less actually because they can shrug off mortals on a six so um mm -hmm. actually breaking through the armor of something very heavily armored quite tough um is going to be difficult again we don't know what the straps are there could um i could very easily see there being like an auto infect kind of strap for maybe one or two cp uh, or maybe make someone auto-fail when they're doing the check, uh, something along those lines. Um, so what are your what are your first impressions, Mark? What, do you, what did you think when you read this? So, I, yeah, I saw the pictures first, obviously. Um, fell in love with the model. That's, I like the model, yeah. That's, the model that's, I, I, I loved it, the dynamicness of it. The the homage to the old style of Tyranids we talked about previously, yeah. um, many 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 uh, editions ago, and looking at the rules and the stats, I think it is a it's one of those things we talked about previously about changing the way the Tyranids can be and giving them a lot of flavour, and this gives a lot of flavour and it makes you think uh, as a as a gaming perspective. I, I now have a new tool in my arsenal if I want uh, armory if I want to use it so it automatically counters the new Phoenix Lords so all the new Phoenix Lords for Eldar essentially um, for those that you don't know they're able to give objective secured on their um, respective um, uh, corresponding units so Jane Zar who is essentially the Phoenix Lord of the Howling Banshees um, will make them objective secured well, now you've just countered that, so you, you've gone into them, whether you survive or not, because they're very good at combat, obviously. Um, but you you now shut off the objective secured. Um, well, that, that that's great. It's it's also an ability with that, that fast movement to really use the terrain to kind of cut line of sight terrain and gargoyles screening and going here and around, like really just thinking about it if it was like in a game or a film like how they're all swarming and you just hear the flutters in the distance and then the sky goes dark and they're going round and round and round to your to your opponent's back the 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 their side of the field and they've got things they're camped on objectives or or a troop on an objective they've had to move to it's turn one or even turn two and now you're there and your job is to jump on them have some fun with these mortal wounds take this objective secured off of them and oh no you we've now got an ability to reduce the number of points you're getting as well as using the rest of our army to gain more points which is a different way to play in the game and to my knowledge no other army has this ability at this present time now which is what i like 
we have adapted and we've learned <laughs> and we've created a new thing which which is just really exciting and I'm definitely going to get one regardless of if it is an absolute failure for whatever reason but like you said I, I agree it's going to be one of those where it's, in games you can be like oh my god this is the most broken thing in the world or yeah it got sh- shot off in turn one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think I think because we don't have a huge amount I mean I guess the, the Broodlord and the Actually, what am I saying? We've got the Broodlord, we've got the Tyranid Prime, and we've got the Neurothrope. So we have three things that act as characters and can be shielded mm. uh, because of Lookout Sir. And I mean, snipers are not big this edition. Not that I've seen. Um, they do exist, but I don't see them being taken often. And part of the reason is because there are rules which negate sniping, uh, for example, uh, mm-hmm. from an army. I know the Necrons if you take a cryptech and a couple of their little murder buckets crypto thralls um then they're not getting uh they're not getting look out sir they're just you just can't target them um yeah so snipers don't work so i think they're less common they wouldn't be as much of a concern to me um and you know again if i'm thinking what type of army is going to really suffer against the parasite uh, again, I'd be thinking Guardsmen, who are obviously going to get a new codex very soon. Um, Tau, I think it could do a lot of damage to Tau, depending on how yeah. they're being played. I agree, um, I agree. Definitely Orcs. Um, orcs are just so frustratingly tough and mobby and very, very good at holding objectives. And I think, for me, I've always felt Orcs are a bit of a mismatch for Tyranids. I've always struggled to beat them um, because they're really strong and resilient in melee so <laughs> it yep. sort of takes yep, one yep, of yep. our biggest strengths away um so again to just be saying like, okay these boys you know they're now going to suffer a bunch of mortal wounds and they don't have objective secured uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna take this objective from them and i'm gonna surround them with rippers yeah um i think that's i think that's pretty cool um so i have and... a sorry go on no i was just gonna say i, I read somewhere I don't know if we spoke about it or or we we, we just read it that um, there was a rumor about rippers moving to fast attack. Yes. So yeah. um, if that's the case, then obviously it will probably lead to people less likely to have rippers, which means this is going to be your ripper gener. This is how you're going to include rippers in your list. And as far as I'm aware, these rippers aren't like a additional cost like. Um, I think with demons, you put like X amount of points aside, and you can or power level depending on what kind of game you play, and then you can like summon that power level in or those points in. This is just in addition to your army. Now it may never create a ripper swarm, but it may create two, three throughout the game. Now, that's not a lot of points, obviously. Rippers aren't, aren't incredibly expensive, but you are essentially creating now more points to your army and if we follow the trend of all other armies that are coming out every army's points right now are going up and up and up and up so there are less on the board um and so what you do spend your points on really does matter in sense of competitive play um really competitive play the hyper competitive play such as tournaments um for the everyday match play kind of person it's not as bad um, and those that like fluff and flavor can still create different kinds of lists but 
you've just you now have a unit this this parasite of Mortrex which not only can shut off your opponent gaining points but also create models which don't incur a cost to you apart from the points of the the model um, which which harkens back to what you said a few moments ago of how much would this parasite of Mortrex cost you to place on the board points wise um, and if I if I can look at the most recent codex, the Eldar or Aldari, um, we we've got things that are so the Avatar of Cain, for example, is two hundred and seventy points, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think a Winged Hive Tyrant was around two hundred, so I would see it probably costing around the two hundred mark. Yes, yeah, I, I mean think. it's hard to gauge. The only thing that makes me think it might be slightly less would be the stat line. Um, because where it is that little bit more vulnerable with fewer wounds, uh, not as good as saves on their four up. It's hard to say. Um, but I'm excited. Excited by now. Um, I've got a little treat for us. Okay. Um, in my hands, um, I hold the the fifth edition codex, uh, and it's open at page sixty, which is the entry for the Parasite of Mortrex as was. So I thought we'd have a little bit of fun and a little bit of a history lesson for uh, our mm-hmm. listeners who uh, have perhaps not had the pleasure. Uh, so um, <laughs> I won't read the whole thing. I just want to talk about is basically what was its stat line back in 5th and what was its rules. Um, so the stat line is fairly similar. It's actually kind of... It, it really does look like they've kind of gone like, mm, let's, let's ninth edition this up, and it's pretty much the same. So uh, it had a weapon skill of five, so that's definitely weaker because um, that's not five plus. It just means it was an oppositional check, and you would compare it to your opponent's weapon skill. Uh, so basically, against the average unit, it was hitting on a three plus. Um, ballistic skill of three, although again couldn't shoot. Uh, strength six, but only toughness four. Only three wounds, which is one of the reasons I never took it. Um, this because... is back in the day when the Carnifex was like four wounds as well, I think. Yeah, well, like yeah. That, so, so yeah, um, Carnifex was four, and the Hive Tyrant was four. Um, but even still, three was just not enough. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. Uh, and more importantly, there was the instant death rule. So basically, yeah. anything strength eight or above could just one shot kill this thing. Uh, <laughs> um, just like warriors back in the day. Yeah, attacks value of four, which for them is pretty good. Uh, initiative value of six. Which will mean nothing to anyone playing. That's now, but, a good um, initiative value. It's a good initiative. It meant it could strike first a lot of the time. Um, leadership ten, which is fairly standard because it was HQ, and uh, three up save, um, mm-hmm. which has actually gotten worse now. It's a four up save now, uh, and the picture of it. Uh, I, I might actually take a picture of this and stick it up on our Twitter for those that haven't seen it because the model looks a <clears> lot <throat> like this. And what is our Twitter? Uh, at talking tyranids. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so it had a few little rules I won't go into too much about it but um, I do want to talk about the crazy um, uh, <laughs> the crazy implant rules it had before Okay. Mm-hmm. so it said the following uh, your opponent must take a toughness test which again isn't really a thing anymore uh, but that's basically where you roll a dice and compare it to your toughness and if it's higher you lose I think um so they must take a toughness test for each model removed as a casualty because of wounds inflicted by the Parasite of Mortrex. For each test failed, 
Roll a d6. At the end of the assault phase, place a Ripper Swarm unit with a number of bases equal to the sum total of all the dice rolled, such that all bases are within six inches of the Parasite of Mortrex. Any bases that cannot be placed this way uh, are destroyed. So, in principally very similar rule, but if anyone tells you now that the wording of rules is far too complicated and needs to be streamlined, pick up an old 5th edition codex or... Uh, even a fourth mm-hmm. edition codex, and you'll find that the wordings were a lot more complicated mm-hmm. <laughs> and far mm. more open to being able to go. Wait, what? What does does that mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I won't read this next one verbatim, but it also had a pretty cool rule, which again I could see maybe coming through as a strat, uh, which basically says um, anyone that arrived via outflank. Um, which was obviously a certain kind of coming in from reserves. From the sides. Um, yeah. Uh, had to do a test. Uh, again, same thing, a toughness test. Um, and if they failed, um, you would kill one of the models and it would be replaced by D6 rippers, basically. Um, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, so I would, I would love it if there was something like anything arriving from reserve, you could play a strat and say, you now have to test. Mm. any sixes you know it'd probably be like any sixes or mortal wounds or something mm. like that um or, but... or even a strat when you do it's normal ability and it's like boom here we go just roll it in but yeah and if you did that it would have two counter punches which would be phenomenal <laughs> i i'm yeah i i think it's, i think it's pretty exciting i don't think if i'm to make a prediction now i would say i don't think parasite is going to find itself a mainstay of many like ultra competitive lists like i don't think you'll necessarily see them on the top table um particularly as the two top armies at the moment being tau and custodes uh as i've already said unless unless there's a ton of strats going with it or there's a ton of buffs you can give out he is not doing anything against um adeptus custodes so you know half of your opponents it wouldn't be a necessarily worthwhile choice to take mm-hmm. um but again we don't know what his other weapons are um and if he's got scything talons um those could prove to be pretty useful on their own so if he's relatively cheap he might still be worth taking um so that's that's uh that's one to see that's one to wait and see um so moving on uh, i wanted us to discuss the parasite as we have but i also wanted to discuss some of the leaked um supposedly leaked pages from the codex Mm -hmm. um now i'm gonna say these this to me looks very legit uh it looks exactly in keeping with the current aesthetic of codices um if it has been photoshopped somebody has done a bloody good job yeah very very good job um so i i would be extremely surprised um and so the ones we've seen are the tyranid prime Tyranid Warriors, and Gargoyles. Uh, So, if I may, I'm just going to give you a quick blast of the stuff that I noticed from these. Um, Won't go through every little bit of it, um, but just the stuff I've noticed, particularly the things that are are different from how they currently stand. And we'll discuss what we think of those. Uh, So, starting with the, um, the Prime, I think he's pretty similar to Warriors, as it stands um he basically has a better save um the thing that i noticed for him that is hugely different aside from the fact that you can now give him bio cannons which is pretty cool um is 
so previously he was basically giving Tyranid Warriors plus one to hit. Um, he now instead grants a re-roll of a wound roll of one. So he's re-rolling ones to wound. Um, but he can give that to any core unit that is within synap synaptic link range. Uh, so basically, as long as you've got a bit of a synapse web, um, what's quite exciting is you could literally have a Tyranid Prime sitting in your, you know, in your deployment zone and have like synapse to synapse to synapse to synapse and he's now got some gene stealers that are right in your opponent's face getting re-rolls to wound. Uh, well, re-rolls of ones, but still. Um, so, th obviously that's assuming that gene stealers are core, but I think they would be. Um, so that, I think, is pretty damn cool. Um, and the other thing is he can now be just an upgrade, a unit upgrade like he used to be. Um, and if you do that, he doesn't take up an HQ slot. So... Uh, I don't know why I keep calling him a him or a he. I'm kidding. Uh, or a needless, they. <laughs> needlessly assuming an alien <clears throat> species gender. Uh, let's just say they. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, uh, they are they are spawned. There is no. <laughs> they are not a queen. They are just spawned. Um, yeah, this is incredible. So what, um, do you, what do you think of that? Um, so we've got a space marine lieutenant there, um, which is. A buff. It's only a buff. Um, you, you're giving a reroll wound of a one to core. Now, core. What, what it depends. What's going to be core? Are, are, are is it just going to be the little griblies, your little gaunts, or uh, and warriors, or is it going to go out to other things such as your hive guard? And and, and Ooh, all this stuff be, like, like just have a yeah it. yeah just think about how that would taste um, <laughs> how that I, would taste. I suspect. Um, I suspect definitely. I think warrior um, and again according to these links definitely warriors gargoyles gene stealers. I'd imagine rippers. Um, anything that is currently in the troop section, I think mm. will get core. I could see raveners getting core. Mm. And I could potentially see Carnifexes getting core as well. And I think that could be one of the ways where yeah. they try and sort of heal the Carnifex wound that people feel and kind of say, okay, well, they're not, you know, they're not the top dog anymore. They're not our biggest, hardest hitting monster, but they're core and you can mm. take them in threes. So, so screw it, you know, at least they've got that. Um, so, yeah, obviously that would be pretty interesting. Um, as far as warriors go, uh warriors are now strength and toughness five uh mm -hmm. again big big boost there um especially when you pair it with the fact that um now you might you might recall i'm pretty sure i said when we did our first podcast that i wanted bone swords to be stronger um yes you you are partial to a bone sword or two I am partial to a bone sword, um, and that is why of my 27 warriors, I think about 25 of them have <laughs> bone swords glued into the arm slots. Um, so good news for me is that they have been buffed to uh, AP minus 2, strength plus 2, and uh, flat 2 damage. Um, so what's exciting there is you are now attacking at strength um, 7 with warriors. Uh, with their th uh, three attacks each. Um, four if you take dual bone swords. 
um, which again, pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I hate to pick on Marines, but let's just pick Marines for an example. Um, this is just going to tear through Primaris Marines uh, with flat two damage, strength seven, AP minus two. Um, you know, even if they're using things like transhuman, the amount of warriors you can take, uh, their power level doesn't seem to have shot up. So that would tell me their points aren't changing hugely. Mm. Um, very exciting stuff. Um, now, a couple of other things that have popped up here. Uh, so their devourers are the same profile, but they're now assault. Um, they're assault five. Uh, so it does seem that some weapons. <clears throat> I can't remember if they were assault before. Um, to be honest, I don't. I don't honestly remember. But they are now, which means obviously you can move them and advance them and still shoot um and you have five so with a unit of nine you're getting 45 shots off uh a strength four um ap dash but still pretty pretty good way of swamping your opponent with shots yeah i've just quickly gone to battle scribe just to help out um so tuned warriors devourers were 18 inch assault three strength four ap zero and damage one Yes, so they have they have increased uh, just by assault too, but still pretty damn good. Uh, the Death Spitter, which has always been my one of choice, uh, has gone up to AP minus two. Um, I think it's gone up in range, possibly. Um, you can fact check that for me. It's up to twenty four inches now. Do, do, I think do, it was do, eighteen. Do, do. And Death Spitter, uh, twenty four assault three strength five. AP minus one, one damage. Okay, so so my bad on that one. It's only changed in terms of his AP, but still, AP's better. Um, bit of a buff. That's what we like. Bit of a buff. Now, here's here's the last few interesting things I need to talk about this one. Um, first of all, it lists it as a scything talon. Okay. <laughs> Not scything talons. Uh, and it says, of this scything talon, each time a bearer fights, it makes one additional attack with this weapon. Which would imply, if you're taking a pair of them, you get two extra attacks. Um, now, I don't know if I'm just reading too much into a typo or what, <laughs> um, but that would mean theoretically that if that's true across the board, then Cormagants hmm. would potentially be getting more attacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if reading it, uh, it, they come standard now. Every model is equipped with a Devourer, Bone Sword, and Lash Whip. I mean, that's their standard loadout, um, which which is not a bad loadout, of course. Um, and then any number of models can ha uh, each have their Bone Sword and Lash Whip replaced with one of the following: one dual bone dual Bone Swords, two Rending Claws, and two Scything Talons. Yeah, and so I think. I think that's one additional attack each. Uh, obviously, that will remain to be seen. Um, we'll wait for the FAQ to come out. <laughs> yeah, the classic Day FAQ. one FAQ. Um, and, okay, so the really important things here that have got me very excited are adrenal glands and toxin sacs have both changed. Um, so adrenal glands are now plus one to your move characteristic uh, and plus one to your strength. So, um, again, this kind of goes back to again 5th edition and probably 6th edition nids where adrenal glands meant that you could create hormigons that were strength 4 um, but they used to only be strength 4 on the charge they'd now be strength 4 the whole game uh, and again think about this for a second uh, if you give adrenal glands to your warriors 
they're base strength six, which means their bone swords are now strength eight. So mm -hmm. you could have warriors going toe to toe with knights, like <laughs> so, yeah. which might, makes me think they might have a bit of a points boost for that, or or that at least taking two bone swords might be a bit of a um. Yeah, I mean, uh, war warriors are meant to be scary. Maybe not that scary because that's crazy no. scary. But um, they they I mean, are they're not going to take out a knight, but oh, they can no. certainly do. They can certainly do a chunk of damage to one with that. Yeah. Um, just something to think about. I'm excited looking at it. Like I'm looking at the the the, the Tyranid Prime, and I'm like, oh, if you had a Barb Strangler with that 36 inch range, Assault D6, Strength 6, AP minus one. One damage blast, or go big with the Venom Cannon, which is D3, Strength 8, minus 3, and 2 damage, and then a load of Bone Sword wielding warriors coming up. They're just going to slice and dice. You, you, you could create, again, adapt, physio, everything. You could create squads of warriors specifically designed for the units you wish to kill. Yeah. Um, they they look like they're going to mulch a lot of stuff. Um, the other thing, again, very exciting, is toxin sacks. So toxin sacks are something I would never, for one second, have considered taking in eighth edition, or uh, thus far in ninth edition, uh, because what they currently grant you is plus one damage on a six, um, and so on hormigants and termagants. That's I'm not saying it's useless, but it's virtually useless. It's certainly not worth it for the points you would pay to make that happen. Now, uh, unmodified hit rolls of a six automatically wound your target um, in melee. So, again, super strong. Hormagons, uh, you know, like I say, I used to run them as supergons. They used to have toxin sacs and adrenal glands, and <laughs> they were scary. Like, my opponent had to deal with those incredibly fast-moving hormagons, and he was genuinely going, Christ, do I take out the Gene Stealers or the Hormagons first? Because they could both do some serious damage in melee back then. Now, mm. you know, Hormagons are there to tarp it. They're, they're, you know, big, objective-holding, don't do much. But with these small upgrades, I think could once again become, oh, Jesus, these guys are deadly. And if we keep some of the Blood of Baal... Um, upgrades and uh strats you know there are ways of stacking lots of ap onto scything talons uh within that um i sat and i sat and hammered it out once and i think i figured out you could get them to ap minus three or four um so if you chuck that in <laughs> with the strength four hormagon that's potentially attacking i don't know three or four times um and you know any sixes to hit are automatically gonna wound um that's that's pretty strong that's pretty great um okay so there are, there are other things but i don't want to get too bogged down in it but i do also just want to briefly point out the gargoyles first of all i loved gargoyles i always took gargoyles and we just you know they're, <laughs> they're a great unit i mean they look so cool on the board they do um i mean one of the things that I often consider when I'm trying to, you know, when I'm when I'm putting an army out, is just, yes, I want to win. Yes, I want stuff that's got good rules. But I like a good dynamic mix, so that just looking at my army, it looks cool. So I like a ton of gribblies up front. 
I like some big monsters at the back, some medium-sized things scattered around, and yeah, having some gargoyles in there adds a little bit of vertical height. They just look cool, um, and they're fast moving. I've I've always I've always had a soft spot for them, although I can't say I've taken them much recently. Um, but I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you some very exciting things. So first of all, they are troops. Uh, according to this, they have the troops icon. Um, they have the they have the they have the keyword hive tendril. I think hive tendril is going to be the new obsec rule. I think. Um. Uh, the reason I say that is because otherwise none of them have obsec, which would be really worrying. Mm. <laughs> so I'm praying that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so their stat line is basically unchanged, quick moving, passable ballistic skill. They're not going to last very long if they get shot. Um, but their flesh borers, which before were basically a weapon that I would routinely forget to shoot. And my opponent would say, oh, do you want to shoot your flesh borers? And I'd be like, uh, I'll have to worry about it. <laughs> it's ping, not, ping, it is not worth it. Yeah, they, no. they, they, don't, they don't do a huge amount, but now they do because now they've gone from 12 inches to 18 inches. Now they're strength 5, and now they're AP minus 1. So, for a long time, for me, there was two ways. Assuming that these are the same on Termagants, for me, there was two ways to run Termagants. There was cheapest chips, stripped back, no upgrades. In which case, I'd give them flesh borers. And again, I'd routinely forget to shoot with them. I'd very rarely get them into shooting range, and I didn't want to. I wanted them in maybe units of 10, camping out little objectives, or maybe one big unit of 30, sitting on an objective. Um, something along those lines. Otherwise, I was giving them devourers and letting them do, you know, 90 shots um, and, and dropping them out of a, uh, of, of a Trigon's hole, as it were. Um, but this this gives me pause for thought and it makes me think well do I want the strength 5 and the additional AP but let fewer shots or do I want more shots at a lower strength it actually makes me make a tactical decision about how I'm going to yeah. run them um, yeah. so but also again that makes gargoyles awesome if you ask me yeah I mean uh, it, it makes sense armies getting this kind of buff again Eldar Guardian units uh, had a similar range increase and some AP added to that. Now just looking at it, um, uh, one of the, the people I play a lot, he plays Tau. Um, I've mentioned it before, Ian, uh, one of my best friends, he has a massive Tau collection. He could bring an, he could bring it, uh, the every single army of Tau, never the same army twice. And his, his standard Fire Warriors, which are um, the 30 plus range I think strength five minus one, damage one. Mm -hmm. um, yes, they're rapid fire, so they they get as you get closer. There's more shots coming at you, but the gargoyles are twelve inches. So in theory, your gun is actually thirty inches, your range. Yeah. So turn one, there's not a lot on the board apart from line of sight blocking, obviously, that you're not going to see. Um, and then just touching on the devourers, if Gaunts can still have devourers now. Whether it's going to be exactly the same as the warriors, and we've confirmed, or well, we've confirmed <laughs> with this devourers being 18-inch assault five. If you 
had a unit of 30 Gaunts, and if every single one of them could be upgraded to Devourers, which I don't know if is possible, but that's a that's 150 shots. I, I've heard, so one of the constant rumours was that uh, there was a difference in profile, and so when taking them as Gaunts, they only had would, three shots. Would make sense, which but that's, make sense. that's still 90 shots. Then, Being core, yeah. having the Tyranid Prime behind you, and if you had an ability to re-roll yeah. w- to any kind of hit, that's that's good. That's a lot of firepower. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I, one thing I've heard, um, but again, it's only been through, you know, this was said by someone once on a Facebook group, so I don't necessarily buy it, but obviously mm. sometimes there's some validity to these. They said that actually Devourers are going to go down for Gaunts to strength three. Now, that would make me very sad because then straight away I'd be like four down to three, I'm not interested. I would 100% always be taking them with um, uh, with flesh borers um, and I don't. I, I think I would leave the devourers at home if they were strength three. Um, but a strength four, I mean so if I, I, I played a game recently um, and Ed, if you're listening, I'm sorry for bringing this up but uh, it was against Death Guard and <laughs> I I dropped the classic Termagant bomb, so it was a Trigon. He was actually a Prime. Uh, dropped in Deep Strike, uh, turn two. Or it might have been turn three. Um, I think I might have left him till I'd made enough space, and then gathered around him was thirty Termagants, all with Devourers. And of course, there are currently only seven points a model in that configuration, which is actually cheaper than they've ever been to run them like that. So that's no brainer. Um, so yeah, so they're 90 shots. So, uh, I target one of his massive thing of pox walkers and I play the strat from high fleet Leviathan that, that gives them exploding sixes. Um, but because there's 30 of them, they get two extra hits for every six. Um, and we had another friend watching who, uh, I said, get a pen and paper and I rolled 10 at a time. And I was just like, right that's this many hits that's this many that's this many and so by the end of it i had rolled 90 attacks i had got i think 120 hits (laughs) (laughs) which was just insane just from all the sixes um and then i rolled to wound wiped the unit all was kosher and then i said okay i'm just gonna play this uh strap which is any infantry unit can shoot again <laughs> at the <laughs> end of the shooting phase. Uh, I think the previous Leviathan strat would still have been in play because I think that's until the end of the phase. So uh, basically I said that I was like, I'm just going to target this. And he sort of stopped me and went, um, I concede. <laughs> <laughs> now, admittedly, I had done some other damage elsewhere, but this was definitely like Termagants dealt the final blow. If they had not, so devastated that first unit of poxwalkers um and we're not just about to take out about another 20 plague marines or something stupid like that then um then he might have thought twice but otherwise i think he's just like no if that's what they're doing the trigon hasn't even done anything yet forget it you win um (laughs) so pretty exciting now there's one more thing okay one more thing that I have to talk about here, and I don't know if you've spotted it. But oh, if you look I, in the gargoyles, yeah, 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 I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. It's the endless multitude rule. <clears throat> um, so 
there's been no leaks uh, that I've read about the Endless Multitude rule. I have literally heard one comment from one person on Reddit that said it's a rule that Termagants, Hormagants, and Gargoyles get that basically says you get D3 uh, of any of them back up to the max unit strength every command phase. Just like the Genesular Cults with their banners. Exactly. So that, for me, fits like... It's just some dude on Reddit. He might not. He might not know what he's talking about. Yeah. Or he might have an in, but certainly, even <laughs> if that's just a guess, it's a bloody good one. Like that, perfectly fits. Oh, oh yeah, that 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 is. That makes sense, and it's only small. And when the Gene Sealer Colts with their banners came up, was like, oh, it wouldn't make that much of a dif- difference. But as far as I'm aware, they can't run thirty-man squads. Yeah, <laughs> they can do twenty with their neophytes, I believe, um, and they're not as fast as gargoyles, and doesn't look they shoot as good as gargoyles uh, in 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 terms of uh, uh, ra- eighteen inch range, strength five, AP minus what they have their mining lasers and all of those weapons, but um yeah again let's link with let, let's add layers to this onion, um. You've got a unit of gargoyles. Oh, no, I take it back. Um, in this profile, it does state 10 to 20 gargoyles. So, I, I take back the 30 I was saying previously. Um, so, 10 to 20 gargoyles. Um, so, 20 of them with the parasite moving up. Um, you're shooting, you're seeing the parasites there. You can't get through to him. You shoot at the gargoyles. They're then going to regenerate some back, and this is just going to be epic on 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 the, on the battlefield. It's it's going to be fluffy. It's going to be exciting. And again, for me, it's going to change the flavour and the feel of the army. And we've only talked about three units so far. I know. <laughs> um, That's the crazy thing. Um, it's. It's it's not been a huge amount leaked so far, but those things alone hint at what else is coming. And no, absolutely, and and and, and looking exciting. again, we we briefly touched. We didn't want to talk about it too much before we we we, we clicked record, but I have been very locked into all of the codexes since. January, so Gene Steeler Colts and Custodes and, and Eldar and everything, and I've been looking at all their specific rules and lore and stuff, and then I, I've, I've fallen in love with the Gene Steeler Colts, I'm slowly, because it's very expensive, um, doing those and, I, and I'm really liking what they've done to make the rules flavourful then the Eldar hits and they've got their strands of fate and they've got their different um, craft worlds where you can re-roll hits, you can re-roll wounds, you can be better at psychic, you can be re-roll charge rolls, you can be tougher and stronger, and you can really sit there as an as a so, so an Eldari player and go, well here are my units. To this week I'm gonna play this this way, this week I'm gonna play this way, and even if you just use the same units, they're gonna act differently and they're gonna perform differently. Now 
again, we've talked about three units from Tyranids, and I'm my brain's already going... It's like that meme where you see all the maths and the equations happening, and I'm like, wow, okay, so Gargoyle's 20-man squad with the Parasite and Mortrix, that'll go around and, and do this, and da 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 and then you can have this in the backfield, and it's, it's, it's um, exciting, exciting yeah. times. Yeah, I think so, and I mean, for me, I mean, two, two things to your point. First of all, I think when I first started uh you know in when i first got the new codex in eighth one thing that really excited me about it that had kind of been starting to come in with the supplements that gw had been releasing in seventh um but in a more sort of condensed way with with high fleets i thought well this is really cool because like you say i'm gonna say well what's my play style gonna be this week do i want to be fast and hard hitting do I want to be defensive? Do I want to have this? Do I want to have that? And that obviously was the idea behind different high fleets. But what very quickly came to pass was, um, okay, Leviathan, not that great. Uh, Kronos, pretty useful in terms of its strats. So you keep, you you know, you put your shooty stuff in a Kronos detachment. Um, Kraken, absolutely unbeatable, makes everything move super fast perfect for slingshot and gene stealers behemoth didn't really get a look in until blood of baal um jormungander was interesting but basically no one used it and <laughs> i can't even remember what hydra do basically nothing and so <laughs> it just in unintentionally as always but it just became hierarchical it's well, how much do you want to win well then you're going to play kraken and chronos why wouldn't you do you know what i mean um, absolutely that's all i did yeah, and then latterly, when Blood of Baal came out, basically Blood of Baal gave us a psycho power that let you do plus one to wound. And everybody overlooked it and slept on it. And I was like, have you got any idea how powerful that is? <laughs> <laughs> have you got any idea what it's like to throw in, like, you know, 20 gene stealers with however many attacks at a knight's feet and have the knight go, ha, 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 I'm toughness eight, you're strength four. And then all of a sudden go, well, now I'm wounding on fives. And actually, that's going to do enough. <laughs> Or, you know, or my Trigons now wounding you on threes, or whatever. Like, it was such a useful thing. So I did start doing Behemoth instead of Kraken, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, what I'm really hoping for is, is as you say, like, each High Fleet is just a play style. And it's, I'm I'm wanting quite a defensive army, so I'm going to use this play style. Or I'm wanting quite a in-your-face attacking army, so I'm going to use this one. Um... You know, I just I still don't think we see enough of that, uh, and only in the most recent codexes has that started to come through. Um, so, hopefully, uh, hopefully that that will be the case. And the one other thing I wanted to raise is, um, again, when I started playing back in fifth into sixth, which was when I was playing just a huge amount, um, I had a lot of very specific thoughts in my head about my strategy and my tactics and one of my strategies was to make my opponent make mistakes because of target prioritization um so i was going to put enough out there that you couldn't just say i shoot everything and i wipe you off the board you had to say okay i'm either going to focus in on this or i'm going to focus in on that and when you did that i would always punish you by hitting you with the thing that you didn't go after so you take out my gene stealers, those hormigons with the, you know, with the strength four and the poisoned, they were going to get you. Um, and if you left that Carnifex alone, he was going to punish you hard. And if you 
got the hard effects and you got the gene stealers well here's the winged hive tyrant coming up um and that was a lot easier back then because of the shooting rules i think it's a lot harder now um but again if if i'm looking at this and i'm thinking okay well if you just take pot shots at those hormigons they're just going to come back so you you need to kill them or you need to do like a significant amount of damage so that d3 coming back isn't enough for me um and i can only imagine there could be a strat that's going to make it d3 plus three or or that you don't have to roll or whatever else it might be so it's gonna you know it could be quite punishing i think if somebody's just spreading their fire around so they're gonna have to say okay i'm gonna take out these hormigons and then i'm gonna take out this whatever else and then again i get to do my <laughs> i get to do my game i get to go okay well fine well, this is this is this is gonna haunt you now you're gonna have the exocrine coming at full strength because you didn't try and bracket him or, or whatever else it might be um so listen we're, we're 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 running we're running on so i'm going to just very quickly raise one more thing um and so uh, i discussed i discussed this before we started recording but i said i wanted to go from solid things that we know for sure gradiated down to things which are kind of definitely more the rumor end of the scale mm -hmm. uh, so very quickly i want to address a couple of rumors that i read um two days ago about some of our monsters um the so... monster mash <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's it's definitely 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 ripe for some monster mashing um so real quick we've got um it, it's looking in both cases for the exocrine and the tyrann effects that they don't get to shoot twice anymore um which is yep. fine because the exocrine has had enough of a boof. Uh, enough of a boof. Let's call it a buff. <laughs> enough of a buff otherwise that I, I, I'm not sad about that. Uh, and the other thing is so the, the Tyrannifex has lost it, but it's gone up in the following ways. It's Ballistic Skill 3. Now the Rupture Cannon. So this is our closest right here. So we haven't, we haven't got anything like the Tau. Uh, big cannon thing what's it called rail cannon rail, gun, rail cannon and nor should we because we're not the town no, and no. that's not our area of strength however the rupture cannon is looking like that's going to be the closest so if this is true it's heavy three mm -hmm. strength 14 sounds legit ap minus four and damage d6 plus four uh so potentially that... 30 damage yeah and that that genuinely looks pretty similar to a lot of other army big guns. Exactly. It would be our big gun. Now, it's not going to ignore invulns, or very unlikely to. Um, and obviously, you're, never, you're, not, you're not going to roll three sixes for your damage roll. You know, obviously, I'm being a bit... You know, I'm being a bit optimistic there, talking about 30 damage. But certainly, 15 to 20 damage is not outside of the realms of possibility for this rupture cannon, I'd say. Mm-hmm um acid spray is heavy d6 plus six strength six ap at minus three and damage d2 yeah i mean the, or just damage two sorry the, what 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 seems a bit strange to me and could be wrong when it says heavy d6 plus six i i don't i don't know another weapon i could be wrong where you plus an additional number to a random generated dice roll for the amount of shots hmm. it's normally the damage now I don't know if I'm wrong because obviously you have 2d6 d6 or d3 shots but adding an additional Ooh, I think there I think there is one actually let me have a think 
Um, I'll I'll have to have a think of that. I think there hmm. might be. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put it outside of the realms of possibility. Okay, uh, but you, you might be right. Don't poo poo it. Just not. Yeah, I can't think of one. Um, and then the flesh borer hive being assault thirty. Uh, it's mm. just a staggering amount of shots mm-hmm. uh, in anyone's book, really. Uh, strength 5, AP minus 1, damage 1. So in other words, the Tyrann effects will be the equivalent of a full unit of Termagants, um by himself. Uh, now, this this final one is take, take with a heap of salt because of the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Apparently... <laughs> The Moloch is now uh, now has sixteen attacks at strength seven, AP minus one, damage one. Now that sounds like a lot to me, and it's certainly it's like orders of magnitude larger than what it currently has. Now I'd say that's potentially believable, because uh, you know only AP minus one and only damage one. You know seven sixteen attacks. It's good, but it's not, like, groundbreakingly good, given the rest of the profile. So I could believe it. Um, mm. So now, mm. it's Terror from the Deep has changed. Um, I'm going to run through it briefly, because it's, it is a convoluted set of rules if this is what it turns out to be. Um, what I would say, how I'd preface this is, this is the only thing that I'm looking at and thinking, mm, meh, it's all right. <laughs> Is this? I mean, if the Moloch does have sixteen uh, or attacks, then maybe less meh. But um, the actual terror from the deep part is basically you pick a point on the battlefield during your movement phase, and then in the opponent's uh, sorry, at the end of your next movement phase, uh, the Moloch comes in somewhere within twelve inches of that. Um. And enemy models that are within six of the marker that you placed will uh, basically suffer some mortal wounds, either D3 or 3. Um, which is okay. It's kind of interesting in so much as you're saying, this is where I'm coming in. If you don't want those D3 mortal wounds, you better move. Um, so it's kind of clearing the way beforehand, potentially, which means you could potentially do less damage coming in. But it could also say, well, I actually need to clear this space and they're not going to want to take those D3 mortals. Um, I mean, to be honest, other armies have stuff like this and it's never devastating. Like, I've never seen anyone take the equivalent in the Necrons for the Plasmancer, where he can just pick a spot and say, if you stay there, you're going to get mortal wounds. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... Eldar have that new strat. Um, the Eldritch Storm... That does something. The wording there is a lot better than the wording you've just read out. No offense to you, but yeah. though that that wording is very gobbledygook. It's, um, it's, it's, well, there's a lot going on. If that is the rule, it is a very now very complex way of doing something that's that, that was uh, fairly simple. The Morlock now has sixteen attacks. Now the Avatar of Cain, which is a fantastic <laughs> yes and it's meant to be in the fluff and everything better than a morlock i think at most does 14 attacks i think it has seven attacks base and you do two attacks um something like that but again his attacks are like devastating where this is obviously strength seven which is going to be wounding a lot of things on on threes um minus one ap well that's fine damage one i I can't see the Morlock going up like that. 
is the weapon skill staying at well what it is right now is it going to go down to weapon skill 4 or I mean, is it going to stay at 3 I could or... stay staying at 3 because a 3 is not entirely broken it depends where these attacks are generated like is it because right now it's it's this many attacks with its little talons or its its limbs plus its distended jaw gives some <clears throat> attacks so I don't know I it's it's hard for me to see. What is interesting is he still has the ability. What I'm kind of overlooking here is he still has the ability to come in anywhere that's not in engagement range. Because um, so he comes in with within twelve inches of the marker, outside of engagement range. So he could still do that, which is decent. <clears throat> I think my only issue with it is it's like, what what does he do then? <laughs> he's I've, I've heard people before say they use Molochs to take objectives and I'm like what kind of an idiot is leaving an objective just completely untouched in their deployment zone for you to pop up and take like any fool is going to leave at least like two or three men <laughs> yeah. on an objective who will have objective secured so you're not going to knock them off of the objective maybe the next turn yes you can charge in and do your thing and if you do have 17 attacks again that's where I'd be seeing him much like the parasite I'd be seeing him as like, okay, well, if you're trying to hide something at the back from me where you think I'm not going to get to it and you think you're just going to be able to sit obnoxiously on an objective that I can't touch, the Moloch's going to go in 17 attacks. He's probably going to take out that unit of cultists or he's probably going to take out two squads of fire warriors quite easily. Hmm. Um, I guess I'm just a bit, I'm a bit disappointed because when the Moloch first came out, he had the big... Um, this this really ages it he had the old blast template the big blast yes uh which was like um i don't know what was it a six inch radius circle basically I yeah i think i could be wrong on that don't quote me on that um but anyway a fairly large circle you could place it you could say right um i've come in here i'm placing it and everything took uh strength six ap what ap2 as was so i guess the equivalent is like ap minus four now um, and damage wasn't a thing back then, but it was something that wiped out. It wiped out ter terminators and elite units really well, and that's who you used it on. Um, and if you couldn't use it on them, you could use it on other people and still do a fair amount of damage because it was a blast. So it was doing vast amounts of attacks. So here, you know, to me, going like three mortal wounds, it's like well, that's one terminator. If there's terminators there, um, it's one and a half space marines it's three cultists if that's what you're going after it doesn't that bit of it doesn't ring true to me i'm hoping that there's a bit more to it than that to be honest because that doesn't seem any better than what it currently does pretty much mm. um but obviously as i say it sounds like the stat lines improved they did say it's more resilient at the moment uh, than at the moment because again part of the problem is you pop a moloch up it does its little terror from the deep thing and then it gets shot because they're very weak um, and your opponent isn't going to let it live to make its attacks so yeah I don't know I'm I'm unconvinced by these rumors uh, but they are they are out there um, and we'll, we'll see more before long that will give us a better impression I think yeah absolutely and I can't wait to read them <laughs> <laughs> I know I am I am super excited I mean how long how long do you reckon we've got to wait I, I'm guessing 
three weeks till pre-orders would be my guess. Well, now that we've got, uh, and I'm I'm going with these are definitive images we're seeing. Um, now that those are coming out, I think we'll start seeing some bits and bobs over the next week, maybe about high fleets. So then next, they've 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 just stated they're going to do some pre-orders for next weekend for depending on when this comes out, could be the the weekend coming for the Grey Knights and the Thousand Suns Combat Patrol. Um, so yeah, end of March to the first weekend of Easter, the holidays for when the the schools here break up so so two weeks before easter i reckon so the first weekend of april i think is when they will do pre-orders and then the second weekend of east of april sorry um it comes out and then you can all enjoy it with your little eggs <laughs> oh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be getting the codex i'm gonna i'm gonna be a corporate shill if they release tyranid dice i'm buying them if they release a tyranid tape measure i'm getting it anything that they put the Tyranid branding on, I'm going to buy. Um, because mm -hmm. I'm just... I haven't been this excited about a new Codex since, I think, the 6th edition one came out, which burned me hard. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I wasn't I wasn't as excited about the 8th one because um, I had just had my son um, and he was infinitely more exciting than anything else I was doing in my life at the time. So Warhammer took like a real back seat when when my when my a little boy was born and i remember taking him in like one of those baby bjorn things down to games workshop when the book came out and i was like yeah let's have a look yeah okay you know i had a little flick through i was like mm, yeah it looks all right i'll probably pick it up at some point but i wasn't playing a lot of the time um because it's hard to do that with a baby in total um and so yeah i was i was pumped about it and i was doing videos about it on my youtube channel but i was far less excited and i wasn't following the rumors half as much as i am now hmm. um so yeah i'm 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 already at fever pitch <laughs> yeah about, it could be about another month before i get my hands on it <laughs> no um, I, I i agree I, i've fallen pretty hard back into the hobby i was uh i've gone for a house move just before christmas and that took precedent and now that i'm settled and very very poor games workshop <laughs> starts pumping out things as well as doing a price increase um they're pumping all this stuff out but again i have fallen so hard into each of the armies whether i collect them or not i'm falling for these codexes and i'm seeing like genuine flavor which is exciting for us tyranny players because i just want to see how our high fleets are gonna be on the board yeah it's it's exciting stuff now i think we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to call it quits there much as i think we could probably keep talking about this for about another hour um, mm -hmm. but um we'll, we'll call it quits there and i do think if there are any major releases we'll probably fairly quickly jump on the mic after <laughs> uh, after those to discuss them um but otherwise we will uh, release as scheduled uh, in about two weeks time yeah absolutely um, i mean if they they, they they suddenly decide to drop all the profiles of the entire elite section we will stop what we're doing and jump on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think something along those lines or if there is i 
I say now, I think the Parasite is it for new models. I don't think we're going to get any others. But I will be interested to see if I get proved wrong on that one. Um, so, uh, no, I, I would absolutely agree with that one. So I, I, I think it's likely. But, what I, it? but if we were, would you rather... That's a dangerous game. Would you rather okay. have the Doom of Malantai... Or I'll tell you that's the, the Doom of Malantai. <laughs> the Red Terror. No, I much as I think the Red Terror needs a proper new model that is not third edition and ugly as 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 sin. <laughs> um I loved the Doom of Malantai and it's incredibly broken rules. <laughs> um I think because obviously if they released that they'd have to release some rules and they would have to be like a neurothrope plus um and i would i would be all in on that even if it, I mean, it would never be as good as it was because it was busted like you could i mean that that thing took out an eldari craft world and you, you could see why like mm-hmm. <laughs> you could put it up against an entire eldar army and it probably could kill the whole thing um <laughs> if you played your cards right so uh, yeah but if if <sighs> yeah if if only because <laughs> it meant that i could get my old fifth edition codex out and say right for today and today only we're playing fifth edition rules and here's a proper model for the doom let's go then um yeah i think that would be that would be my choice um more realistic would be a new red terror um or bloody new biovores the biovores are ugly get us new biovores mm, um can't wait I'm... to get rid of fancast eventually oh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a ways to go it's no. a ways to go anyway fantastic um so if you want to follow us do. How um, do how how do they follow us? How 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 can someone follow us? Well, right now their main way of doing so, I say I say this every time, is that we will make an Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy, so I haven't done it yet, but I will. Um, but for the meantime, on Twitter we are at Talking Tyranids. Please come and follow us, um, and then you'll get the latest news about when we're going to be dropping episodes. And uh, you can be you can PM me or uh, you know at us on there. Uh, with any questions you want us to answer, I'd love to. I'd love for us to do some sort of questions for newer players. Maybe that would be great. Um, we have a email address which is talkingtyranids at gmail dot com, uh, which is another way you can get in touch with us. And at some point, I'll do a Facebook page as well. Um, so lots, lots of ways. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting up. We're we're really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. And any feedback you can give us, um, we will always read. Yeah, we'll accept it welcomely and with open arms. Uh, So thank you very much for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.